This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me, as usual, are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week is a bit of an anomaly. Um, We only had one film slated for uh, review, so we decided to pad out things with a a quick look at some of the recent films, um, recent DTV films, which have headed Netflix's way. So uh, we're going to kick off with Ripper's Revenge, the latest film from Steve Lawson. Then we've got the three from uh, Netflix, starting with Soul Vibe, um, set in 1988 Korea. Uh, then we have Cutty, which is an Indian um, police movie. And then we've got the sequel to Fury, the Vietnamese um, actioner from last year, or was it the year before? Hmm. Um, starring Veronica Ngo. Um, this one directed by Veronica Ngo, uh, called Furies. Our short shot is Lackadaisy. And then we're going to round off with our uh, DTV throwback, Jarhead 3, The Siege. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is Ripper's Revenge. Reporter Stubbs made headlines during the Ripper Whitechapel murders when he fabricated a series of letters supposedly from Jack the Ripper himself. Now, months later, Stubbs finds himself neck deep in trouble when he is implicated in a new set of murders when similar letters come to light. Um, We've reviewed a good handful of um, Steve Lawson's films. Um, We did... Um, the Mummy film quite recently, which I think we, mm-hmm. we all quite liked. Um, um, but I, th- I think it's fair to say that his original uh, Jack the Ripper film, uh, Ripper Untold, is uh, pr- probably our favourite of, uh, of the ones that he's done. Um, Definitely uh, one of my, my favourites, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and for my money, I, th- I think, um, you know, going back to that well has, has been quite beneficial for him. I, I think this is probably one of his strongest scripts. Not the most strongest acted, but definitely one of his strongest scripts. Um, Steve, what did you make of Ripper's Revenge? Yeah, um, I <clears throat> I agree with you, Simon. That it is probably the best one of his I've seen since Ripper Untold. Um, like I say, some of them are all right, but to me, they've been very, they're obviously micro-budgeted. And I I personally want someone to give him a decent mm. budget. Let him work with a decent budget. I, I'm, he might not want to, he might prefer doing this. I mean, he's not out, what is it, like four or five in the last year? Yeah. I can remember. Mm-hmm. And... This is probably the second best one of his after the original Ripper and Sword that I've seen. Um, I mean, if we, I, yeah, if we, if, we start, if we start with Ripper and Sword, we've had uh, Jekyll and Hyde, we've had uh, the Musketeers, um, Dick Turpin, Dick Turpin, the High Women. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, the Mummy, as as, as I mentioned, and then Bram Stoker's Van Helsing was the one. And Van Helsing, which, which we we didn't get to see, but uh, yeah, yes, yeah, so, so, in that actually. I do need to see. <laughs> yeah. So prolific, um, you know, is, is definitely a word which um, is synonymous with uh, Steve Lawson. Yeah. But but yeah, um, I, I think yeah, he, he's done a great job with the script here to um, not exactly, but but to sort of build upon what what he'd done with um, the original. I mean, it is totally totally you know is removed from what happened and the revelations that come out of that. You know, this is sort of centering on a particular character, and and, and um, sort of spinning off from there. But um, yeah, I, I really really like this. The dialogue's great. The you know the the, the situation um, that he finds him in is it's very Cohen esque. You know, sort of very yeah. early um, sort of Joel and Ethan Cohen kind of thing, uh, which I really like. You know, there's you yeah. know, at one point you think there is no way out for him at all. 
you know, he, he's well and truly stitched up, which is nice. Um, but yeah, um, Rich, how did you get on with uh, Ripper's Revenge? Yeah, I really, I really liked it. I mean, it, it's as far as what's interesting for me is, I, I mean, always, I'm always excited for a new Steve Lawson because I, I just think he's found his niche. You know, he's he's bounded around, mm -hmm. done lots of different stuff over the years, and in the last couple of years, he's done these period stories, which just he just seems to have a formula that for me works in most cases. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, I agree that Ripper Untold was probably one of the best. Had some great performances and stuff. And uh, the this is also so he's gone back to that. And this, I think, is his first sequel out of his, mm. everything he's done. I don't think yeah. he's actually done a sequel before. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting that he's going back to this particular one that could open it up. You know, the, he could go back and do other sequels to some of the other sort of uh, period movies because this is Corman. You know, this is classic mm. Corman. You know, oh, yeah, reuse yeah. <laughs> reuse the limited resources that you've got. He's gone back to the same sets. There's not a lot of sets here. There's actually probably less action than in um, uh, Ripper and Told, I would say, probably perhaps even less variation in locations. This is probably is one of his most talky, but I was never less than on board for the whole thing, uh, oh, yeah. especially when you get to the last half an hour when you kind of, oh, it feels like it's the <laughs> end. And there's no, it's not the end. And there's, oh, there's a turn of the screw. And oh, there's another turn of the screw. Uh, and I was like, and you get to the end and I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. It's great. Um, uh, no, it was re really, really good. Um, it won't work for everyone, um, mm. but it does work for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think if you know, if, if if you're on board with the stuff he's been doing so far, and you know you, you enjoyed Ripper Untold as as we did, then then this is definitely going to score highly with you. Yeah, um, and Chris it, Bell was the was a supporting character or one of the main hmm. characters in the ensemble in the first film, and this is kind of focusing on him. And I do think he's he's very good hmm. uh, in in this character. He's a he's a proper geezer, <laughs> kind of dodgy dodgy guy. There's a lot you can do with that character, and they do try to do that here. Uh, and then you've got some. Uh, there's a lot of familiar faces from uh, you know, there's a couple of familiar oh, faces from other film. Steve Lawson's yeah. the, cre yeah. the Creative Studios films. Uh, that are made, uh, I believe, in the Midlands, um, the, in their in their sort of in their own studio space and and stuff. And uh, yeah, so I really enjoy. He he's very much the focus on this one. You you've, you're spending most of the time with him, uh, and I think he rises to to that particular challenge. Uh, and I, I also thought the supporting cast was really good as well. You know, his I do, yeah. his love interest and uh, uh, the um, the other reporter. Uh, the yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I, I did. I, I did really enjoy it. Yeah, I have to admit. Yeah, so, you know, as you say, I think, you know, um, see, seeing Steve Lawson's name on, on any, any of these films, you, you know, there's going to be, you know, it's it's not going to be lackadaisical. There's not going to be slapdash. There's, there's going to be sort of care and attention played to the characters and, and the story. You know, the money may not be there, but you know, it's it's a well crafted film. No, yeah, I mean, there is, you know. There's slow bit, you know, it's quite slow. Some of it's drawn out. Usually keeps his films about 70 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. This one was surprised, was a little bit longer. Uh, it's, but it does earn it, I think. It yeah. does earn it. Um, but it does have a really sort of long drawn out opening credit sequence and stuff. And there is like, the music is very repetitive, very familiar. I think we've it's been used, I think it's library music rather than composed music. Yeah. But taking, you know, as long as you can, you know, get on board with that, with that particular approach that he's got. I mean, the cinematography is all really nice <laughs> considering the limitations. I think if, if you get on board with his particular style, you'll enjoy, or, you know, a, a variety of the films that he's made. You, you know, you can watch one and oh, yeah. you, you can you can see a familiarity of style. Um, I say it won't be for everyone, but um, I, I do really enjoy these. And, and the fact that he's knocking them out to like three or four a year now, I mean, he seems to be increasing... The amount that he's doing uh I, I hope he can maintain this level of you know this standard and it'll be interesting to see what happens next after this particular cycle you know where's where will he go next yeah absolutely and and on that note uh steve how are you going to score it i'm giving it an eight mm -hmm. and rich i'm going to give it a strong seven yeah, I'm going to join you on a seven. I think the music, you know, you, you mentioned the music. I think 
it hurts the pacing a little bit um, because it is a bit overly dour and it's sort of, <laughs> you know, the music itself just seems to sort of slow the pace of the film down in itself. That was, that was my only sort of real criticism of it. So two sevens and an eight for Ripper's Revenge. Go check it out. Our next review is Soul Vibe. In the lead up to the 1988 Soul Olympics, a gang of street racers are coerced into going undercover as drivers for a loan shark. Um, this is quite recently been added to Netflix. Um, I'm a big fan of sort of Korean movies. I'm also a big fan of um, the Fast and Furious films. Um, and on paper, this would seem to be a match made in heaven for me. Um, I did really enjoy this, but at two hours, 20 minutes, it's probably at least 20 minutes too long. It is a bit sort of dragged out. Um, it's, I don't know, it's a bit of a sort of shaggy dog film. But I did like it. How about you, Steve? Uh, I must admit, I wasn't too impressed with this. Um, probably one we've not been a fan of the Fast and Furious films. <laughs> um, it was just, it just seemed to be all over the place. Um, I couldn't get a grasp on story very well. Um, hmm. <clears throat> it just seemed like. I, I didn't know who was who, what was going on, to be honest with you. And I just found it very, very confusing and pretty, pretty much standard. Just nothing really excited me. Hmm. You know, like, no, I, I, thought it was yeah. I thought it was shot quite well and it looked good, mm -hmm. but I thought the script was all over the place. Uh, you know, you've got like this woman gangsters in charge and then i don't know there's like two yeah well you, you got you got I mean? you got this there's this general who's like a you know um, a wannabe dictator who yeah. is behind this woman who's like the, the number one loan shark in korea or something and then you got this director lee who's like the the, the public face of the company but he's yeah, a complete he's just... psychopath, yeah. <laughs> basically. But um, just... yeah, the, t the tone is a bit weird. Yes, very strange on this. I, mean, I, I don't know if yeah. it's to me. I've had well, like the Netflix ones this week. I've had slight hmm. issues with tones on most of them. To be fair, uh, I agree. Um, well, at least this one, <laughs> yeah, and this <laughs> one, yeah, I think I, it, like I said, it is. Far too long. It could easily, easily took a good half hour, forty five minutes is, out of this. To be fair. Did we need that whole prologue with him sort of driving, driving in Saudi Arabia, no. delivering guns? Because it had no bearing on anything else that happened in the film. We could, we could have lost ten minutes right there. Yeah, Just yeah. cut all that. Yeah, out. Yeah, we didn't yeah. need it at all. Um, no. But then, then we got these cops who. Um, sort of strong arm them into into doing this job with the promise of it. it it's it's somewhere between um, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Fast and Furious Six, basically, because it's got the plot of uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, with the like if you do if you go legit and go undercover, we'll sort of give you pardons and visas mm. to America and all this sort of stuff, which is yeah. quite amusing, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all sort of pretty light and fun. And then suddenly you get these moments where you think, oh, shit, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, that 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 director Lee guy, when he stops him on the side of the road and, you know, he's going to blow yeah. their heads off and all this sort of stuff. It's like, okay, crazy. And then and the then, stuff that happens at the end. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's um, just so uneven. And it is. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a it, you know it's it's meant to be a sort of breezy summer summer blockbuster kind of film, um, but at the same you know you can see why it's ended up on Netflix. Yeah, if you see what I mean. Yeah. I didn't mind yeah. it. It's it's you know it's certainly not the killer. It's certainly not um, you know Project Wolf Hunting or you know any any of the sort of films which have wowed us this year already. Um, it's it's relatively solid. 
it's but you know it, it's not going to be anywhere near anyone's top 10 uh, that's for sure I um, think it's not yeah solid is probably the word because there's no hmm. it's not I enjoyed watching it I enjoy watching it but you know I I, I have high expectations of hmm. of you know Korean action movies and things so yeah I guess not everything's gonna totally hit off um but on that basis how are you gonna score it I'll give it a Six. Yeah, I'm going to join you on a six. So that's two sixes for Soul Vibe. You can find this on Netflix. Go check it out. Our next review is Good Day. A pair of corrupt cops find themselves caught between a rock and a hard place when they are caught after committing an assassination and must take on an even more daring job in order to cover the bribes needed to keep them out of jail. Oh, God. Um, I, I literally had no idea what I was getting us into with this on Steve. Um, yeah, you talk about a tonal, tonal shift in the in, uh, whole vibe, but this one, is it a comedy? Is it um, a wry, you know, hard-hitting drama? Is it, you know, oh my God, it's, it's yeah. bizarre. Um, so ostensibly, we've got these two cops. Uh, we meet one of them at the beginning, yeah. who is the sole survivor of um, this revenge attack on his police station, because his superior officer was raping the um, the rebel prisoners, which is great. Um, yeah. Then we jump nice forward thirteen job. years, and he and uh, you know it's funny because when we first see him again i was thinking oh he must be some sort of like independent contractor now or something because he's you meet him in plain clothes mm. you know you think oh you know they've packed in the whole police thing and uh you know sort of going independent or whatever no 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 they're still cops <laughs> yeah yeah and they, they do this sort of um, yeah. Well, yeah the cops yeah but they, they they do this sort of really audacious assassination attempt at this pool party um and then think they can get away with it by sort of like pulling out their ID cards, you know, at a stop point. That was quite amusing. And then they get told, well, you know, you're going to prison unless you come up with some big bribes, basically. It's, a, you know, it's, it's, it's a real sort of like, um, damning commentary about the, um, you know, the Indian judicial system, really. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's funny, when, when, they come out, when they come out of the commanding officers meeting, and it, you know, and then somebody else comes up and goes, "Oh, you need to speak to this woman, who's now a detective over, over there. She she might be able to help you out." You know, and they go and get drunk with her, and she she introduces them to um, this escort driver for the ATM machine money, and that had, and then they start hatching a plan to rob that. And it, oh my yeah. god, it just sort of it gets incredibly messy very quickly because. Yes. We start getting like time, we get, we get time jumps, don't we? Because it keeps sort of going well, back it's on not, itself to explain yeah, what's it, going on. It goes back on itself and then brings in other characters who are also after mm. the same money, but not with them. You know, running mm. parallel stories, a bit like, I'm not, it's kind of like Pulp Fiction in a way, you know, like it's mm. jumping back and forth and stuff like that. But what got me, like we were saying before, with the tone of the of soul vibe, the tone of this is so strange and changes in seconds. Mm. Like you say, like you say, you know, the pill party. Yeah. Yeah. And these girls push him into the pool and it's always all nice and jolly. And the next thing everyone's getting shot to pieces. Mm. And then the bit where they've actually got one of the guys in a room and they're going to nick the drugs to sell the drugs. Hmm. And he's on his knees, kind of like begging for his life. Then he pulls his pants down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then you're like, is this meant to be funny? Then, then literally split second later blows his, this guy's yeah. brains out. And you're like, what? Hmm. Where's this come from? Hmm. And then you've got the lovely couple banging away in the back of the car. Yeah. And it's getting all romantic. And then, the ultraviolence kicks in again. And the ending, oh, yeah. where the hell that came from, I've no idea. Well, funny enough, that, that last bit, the very last bit when he's in the hotel and the TV's on, 
Yeah. That is actually real. They, oh, act they yeah, actually did I can that. Imagine. No, no, seriously. I can that, you know, yeah, the, the government actually did that. They um yeah, they, they decided to to um nullify you know the the, the big banknotes mm. because they, they knew they you know the, the government knew that everyone the corrupt people are sort of just sitting on you know mattresses full of money basically. Yeah. But what but it, it, it caused a huge panic because like everyone you know, nobody was using the banks, basically. So, you know, everyone was trying to get rid of their money. So, yeah, that, that was an actual thing that happened where, where the government went, yeah, we're scrapping these notes and all the money's going to be useless by the morning. Um, but, yeah, but everything that happened before was just crazy. Yeah, and you got the old, old gangster in the wheelchair, I think. He's just mm. comes in yeah. for a couple of scenes to be, I don't know. It was just... I, no, I, will, I wouldn't recommend it. I'll be honest. I, I think if if you like early, if you like early uh, Guy Ritchie, like you know Snatch and Lockstock, it's it's that kind of format. Mm. You know, it's it's that kind of format where you, you got different characters sort of coming in and sort of time lapses and you know reveals and all that sort of stuff. Um, but if you, if you take those early Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie movies, and then marry it with Bad Lieutenant. Then yeah. you're getting pretty close to <laughs> to how it is, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, well that makes it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but I didn't mind it. It was very different. I mean, I watched Batan the other week, um, which is like the polar opposite of this. Mm. You know, um, it absolutely is, um, but. Yeah, this was sort of more, I don't know, going for more sort of gritty kind of thing. There are there are other sort of gritty Indian movies out there on Netflix, but this one, it, I'd, I'd not seen anything like it from from yeah. um, you know in, in a, from an Indian film. I must admit. Um, okay, how are you going to score this one? I'm going at five. Kute, by the way, apparently means stray dogs. Um, Okay. According to the song <laughs> in the film. Um, but yeah. But um, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with a six for this one. Uh, okay. Not the best film. It is all over the place, but, I, you know, I, st I stuck with it. So a five and a six for Kute. Again, this is on Netflix. Go check it out. Our next review is Furies. A young woman called B is living by her wits on the streets of Saigon when she is taken in by Madame Lin and trained with two other girls to become a vigilante force taking on a local gang involved in drugs and trafficking. Um, so this is the sequel in name only to a film called Fury, which starred Veronica Ngo. I is it not it a prequel? No. no. No, definitely not. Oh. No. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they, are, they are different sort of stories, different characters. Uh, Veronica Ngo was the um, main character in the first film. Um, it, it was basically a female version of Taken. You know, her daughter gets kidnapped by traffickers and she tracks them down to Saigon and massacres everyone. Um, <laughs> in this one, we've got a young girl which has one of the most traumatic opening oh, yeah. five minutes. Yeah. It is oh my god you know it is bad it really is mm. you know it, it's an endurance test uh unfortunately the misery of that first five minutes is, is um you know horrible but it does become more pulpy and more you know genre ish as as the film goes on we get training sequences as as she sort of learns self-defense and martial arts and things with these other two girls and then they're sort of set out against these, you know, the four pillars of this uh, this gang. Um, we, we get sort of like, you know, splash screens with their names and exp explanations of what they do and all the rest of it. Um, and, and then we get a kicker of an ending as well, you know. Um, yeah, again, you know, the, mm. the rug is pulled out from under us. But I, I was, of, of the three films, we, you know, that we watched on Netflix this week, 
I was totally on board with this. Once I got past that first five minutes and put the razor blades down, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's hard hitting, it, it's brutal, it's very well choreographed. Uh, there are some nice visual flourishes to it. We, we get a bit of uh, sort of horizontal split screen during a fight scene, which I really liked. There's that incredibly long motorbike chase, which, yeah. which which mixes, you know, in-camera stunts with, you know, back back projection and all sorts, you know, some, some wild sort of camera techniques going on there. It, it was a lot of fun, you know, and <laughs> a lot of bloodthirsty fun. You know, you'd almost think it was directed by the same guy who did like The, Night's, the Night Comes For Us or something, you know, yeah. Timo uh, Tohanto. But um, but surprisingly, this was actually directed by Veronica Go herself. And I think she did a, a damn good job considering. Um, how did you get on with this one? I enjoyed this one. Like you said, that first five minutes is it's grim as anything. I was like, Jesus Christ, Mike, what if you picked here now? <laughs> you know? Mm. And then, like I said, it goes a lot more pulpy, a lot more trashier, a lot more you know, entertaining and kind of settles into what you're thinking it would be anyway. Mm. Um, but it is really well shot, really well choreographed, really well acted. And I must admit, I was a little bit let down at the end with the twists. Mm. Because I don't know why that keeps kind of happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind yeah. of twist keeps, you know, even even Ripper's Revenge, you know, very similar kind of thing going on, mm. really. And even kind of the, the killer, you know, the other week, it's, there's always at the minute some kind of. Extra twist of the night. Yeah. Like the it's like, yeah uh, it just seems to be getting a bit. Staying here at the minute. Hmm. I don't know why, but but everything else I thought was great. I thought the three the three girls were absolutely awesome. I thought the characters yeah. were especially big. Hmm. Um, when she has like the breakdown in the shower and stuff, I thought. Oh yeah, yeah. That bit was yeah. absolutely great. But one question I will ask, right? Mm -hmm. And you, it's rhetorical, obviously, but why is there always? fight scene in a corridor <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it stemming from old Bob? because that was the first one that I can remember yeah, I think everything, so, yeah. everything seems to have a massive fight scene in a corridor it's it's that sort of like um, you know it's, it's that confined space kind of thing mm. isn't it? it's, it's, it's like you know the fight in the lift kind of thing which is you know one, one of my favourite yeah. sort of tropes it is that sort of like well you know, there's nowhere to run. Um, the, you know, the, the raid is another good one, which, which has a great yeah, yeah. corridor fight scene. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's sort of the main, mainly it, isn't it? It's, it's like, well, you, you're kind of trapped and, and you literally have to fight, you know, to, to, to get through it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Actually, you know, speaking of corridors and going back to Cutty, um, there's a scene at the beginning where the sort of the larger of the two cops is sat outside mm -hmm. this hotel room. And the guy in the wheelchair has been wheeled down the thing. And it is the most narrow corridor <laughs> I've ever seen for a hotel. He can barely get his wheelchair down there. Was, you know, there's yeah. no room. It was crazy. I thought, oh, my God. Absolute nightmare of a place. But anyway, but this was superb. You know, um, I, I really did like this. This is more in keeping with, you know, the other sort of big films we've seen, like, like The Killer and things like that. Um, you know, much more memorable. Uh, the color scheme, again, in, in you know, in that sort of keeping the sort of neon, sort of pinks and blues and and things going on. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, like um, like Soul Ride. This I think this was set in the eighties, or or at least the nineties. It's the nineties. Yeah, it's you know very obviously before mobile phones and things like that. You know, in the, in the costumes, you know that they wear. But yeah, if, 
If I can interject, of course. Um, it's interesting to that when you started out the review, you were saying how no, it's definitely not a pre. It's like a completely different thing, because mm. Netflix say it's the prequel, and everywhere really? I've looked around has said it's the prequel. Yeah. But I can't. I. It doesn't seem to be a standard prequel. So that's so that seems to be why you've taken it in that way because I can't well, see any through line well, that makes some, it. Well, yeah, Veronica, that's what I'm curious Veronica about. Is, is playing two different characters. Two different characters, yeah. For one thing. Because I can't um, see the character name from Fury in, like, the cast lists or anything. Mm. So it's not like this is a younger version of the same character, unless no. the, unless she changed her name yeah. at a later date. Well, it would be the opposite. She, I mean, in, in this one, she's playing a character who's, whose husband and, and son were murdered. Mm. And, she, and she's basically out for revenge. That's, that's, you know, so she recruits these people to help her. That's, that's basically where it is. Whereas in the previous film, she actually, now you say it, I suppose it could be B, but that would be weird. Yeah, no. Because yeah. <laughs> even one, I went one review that doesn't mention it being a prequel at all. Another one says it's a semi prequel, but I'm mm. not sure what that means. And it's like it's really interesting to see this film that's been very much presented. I mean, even the title similar; they presented it as a prequel, it fit, uh, yeah. or a related it thing. But like you, in name but it feels like it's yeah. a very different, yeah. yeah, like an one of those in name only kind of situations. Yeah, so, maybe in the aesthetic as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I don't hold it against it at all. No. You know? <laughs> no. I think that's really. I find that really interesting. I'd yeah. like to. I do want to check it out and um, yeah, I, I know, do so. recommend it. Yeah. Okay, Steve, how are you going to score it? Um, I'll give it a seven. I, I'm giving this one an eight. It, it's up there. Um, and, and bearing in mind, I'm docking at a point for that opening five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I am as well. Yeah. Other people have yeah. said the same. I've seen reviews saying I, I almost turned it off after the, trying to endure the first fifteen minutes hmm. of the film. Oh no! It's, it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it is. It is very dull. Very heavy. Very, very, very dull. It's like that. Um, there was that Malaysian superhero film we did, I think, last year or the year before, and and the opening of that, it just like you know, oh my god, it's you know, put put make make sure there's no pills around or anything, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So that is a seven and an eight for Furies. Again, this is currently on Netflix. Um, very impressive. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is Lacka Daisy. Uh, this is an animated short for once. Uh, it's 1927 and prohibition is the law of the land. For Rocky, Freckle and Ivy, the night shifts are never dull. Uh, okay, so this is about a trio of people sort of trying to get in on the bootlegging business of um, you know supplying a um, a speakeasy called Little Daisy. Lacker Daisy. Uh, well, no. It, it, if, if you see the um, the actual sign outside, it says Little Daisy. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, hijinks and shoe. Basically, they they, um, they they run into another gang trying to do the same sort of thing. Um, I, I was not on board with this for the first five minutes. I, it was just way too whimsical and weird to begin with, with um, the character of uh, Rocky with his violin sort of doing this whole soliloquy. Well, you know, on, 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 the, on the railway bridge, and I was like, this is really going to test my patience. Um, but then we get some amazing um, set pieces in this. We've got the whole um, chase sequence. Um, we've got freckles going absolutely crazy. Uh, we've got the whole thing at the um, you know the the, um, the quarry, absolutely superb. And then it sort of you know unfortunately you know loses a bit of um, a momentum for the ending bit. But, you know, taking the whole thing as a whole, this is a pilot for, you know, an intended series. Um, it certainly would be brilliant to watch. Um, I like the group because 
they're one, you know, it's that sort of thing you see in a lot of films where if you, if you look at them individually, you think they're, they're nothing. But as a, you know, as they sort of cohesive, cohes into a whole, you know, that they become something more than they are individually, if you see what I mean. And, and, and you know, they, they fit together in interesting ways. Um, kind of like the trio who are following them, I have to say. But yeah, this, this really did impress me at times. Um, Steve, how did he get on with Lackadaisy? Um, no, it wasn't for me, I'll mm -hmm. be honest. Like I say, the first five minutes bored me to tears. Uh, I, did, I did like the bit in the quarry type thing, you know, Woodyard, whatever it was, and then it lost me again with the ending I just there just wasn't anything going and I don't really know who, who it's for in in my you know it's, it's not for kids mm -hmm, definitely but I don't I don't think it's adult enough if you know what I mean mm -hmm. it's kind of like in between and it just it didn't the story didn't grab me and I don't know if it's the script or the actual story itself, but there was, I don't know, I felt it was very empty and very shallow. I love the animation style though. Mm -hmm. I thought the animation was great, really good, but I just found it very empty and shallow. Just that, that five minutes in the quarry I thought was great, the rest of it didn't do anything for me. Mm. Uh, Rich, you curated this one as usual. Yeah, I've been keeping. Uh, I liked it. I've been. I think I agree with with both. Well, to different degrees, but I agree with both of you. I think about the time that it takes to sort of get itself going and sort of for you to get on board with it. Uh, I wasn't as enamoured with it in the uh, at the start as as I really wanted to be. I mean, because I've I've sort of been keeping an eye on the the film's progress and the trailers and, and stuff, and just sort of instantly. Uh, drawn to the well uh, no pun intended drawn to the to the to the style of the animation to for the mm -hmm. you know for the artwork uh, looks fantastic uh, created by Tracy Butler way back in the uh, the early 2000s it's a, a web comic that's been brought to life through about three years of of work uh, from the animations uh, team as as a uh, kickstarter mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's it, the whole thing's got a, quite a long history but the I think the once it gets going, I did really enjoy it. I did, but I do enjoy it because of the animation, rather than mm. necessarily the uh, the setting and the characters uh, and the you know the the time period and stuff like that. Um, the I think the the cats and, and that they just look they look so good. Uh, the visual the the vocal performances and everything are really good as well. Um, uh, I I think it's a must see because of the animation because of the quality of it uh, I, I completely get where Steve is coming from in terms of the where does it fit uh, tonally because no it's not for kids but it's it's not particularly mature so it, you're you're with um uh, set in the 19 uh, say 20s uh, it's it's anthropomorph anthropomorphized cats uh, it, so it, it it reminds of something like Fritz the cat you know it's got it's kind of mm -hmm. like a bit of an, a Ralph yeah. Bakshi kind of edge but it's very much in a sort of a classic Don Bluth, um, you know, American tale sort of, uh, sort of uh, animation. So it does look hand drawn. I'm not sure if it was, but it does have a very much hand drawn kind of feel to it. Uh, and I do think, regardless of um, uh, you know certain things that maybe sort of uh, formally that you you can't quite get on board with, I do think it's a must see. You know, for what they've achieved in terms of the animation. It's really yeah. good. And it's actually opened the door to my algorithms are sort of opening up uh, other animated yeah. projects that, that I wasn't aware of. So I'm, I'm going to be checking a few more um, of the of these kind of, you know, very much passion projects out. I Yeah, I, I must admit, I, uh, this surprised me in the end that, that's, you know, the central bit, um, you know, with, with the car chase and then you know, the, the bit, the quarry or, you know, whatever it is, it's like a quarry with the dynamite and stuff. 
it's the whole bit with um, with Freckles and the other guy mm-hmm. as they're sort of having this sort of you know gun battle, and he's, he's what he's got is a little pea shooter sort of thing. But it's just the the direction and the way it's shot, you know, and the sort of stalking and chasing sort of element is it's just done so well. It really is. Yeah. Um, so more of that bit and and less of the you know soliloquies with with, with violin music, please. <laughs> yeah, the director was Fable Siegel, by the way, to give credit to, mm-hmm. the, uh, to the director. Say so the creator Absolutely. Tracy Butler. Uh, and the uh, director so it's a collab- very much a collaborative process to mm-hmm. sort of bring this webcomic to life the webcomic is uh, you know still there you can you can find it at the lackadaisy website you can go all the way back to like um you can, i think you view it through like pages and i don't know how often they've produced it but there is also uh, a book um that they have been published as a book before but it's out mm-hmm. of print i think they're bringing it out again now the the sort of volume one collection of the comic will be out, I think, from Iron Circus Comics uh, later this year. Uh, you, I, I found a listing on Amazon for August, um, very reasonably priced. I'm very tempted because of say I do like the the artwork very much. The um, yeah, I do hope this sort of gains some traction. I think marking marking it as pilot is a little bit detrimental. I would have rather it sort of presented itself as a yeah. short film and itself because a lot of these, you know especially considering how long this has taken a lot of these things don't get off the ground that quickly so i think if they'd have, if they'd have presented it as a uh, i mean it, it's acting as a statement of intent and you know they're not wrapping all the stories up and everything so that's fine but i think watch it as the film it is and just try to take it that because we may not get any more um, but you know i mean Hopefully, I mean, you know, it's had, mer- you know, lots and lots of views and stuff. Lots of people yeah. have been really impressed yeah. by it. So there's definitely the potential. But knowing the realities of how long this sort of stuff takes, I would say try and enjoy it just for what it is. And if you do enjoy it, go check out the, go check out the comic. Because um, I think mm. uh, any kind of sequel or series is going to be a very long way off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't score the... We don't score the shorts, but we do recommend you check them out. You'll find a link to this in the footnotes below. Please also check out the other links that are attached to that. Uh, you know, if you like the film, check out the um, the link for the book and uh, you know, other, other little bits and pieces there. Um, yeah, so that is Lackadaisy. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Jarhead 3, The Siege. Uh, Marine Sergeant Albright finds himself stationed at a US embassy in the Middle East and promptly steps on toes with his gung-ho attitude and disregard for procedure. However, when the locals are stirred up to attack the embassy compound, it is down to him and his comrades to protect the ambassador and his civilian staff. Um, I think this came out more or less around the time of 13 hours, the, um, the, the Michael Bay film about the Benghazi um, attack. And, and, and this is very much the sort of the DTV version of that. You know, um, you know they, they do actually reference Benghazi in the film. Um, so, so, you know, they, they do sort of take note of it. Um, but I, I thoroughly like this. It is... A very sort of swift moving action movie. It, it's done very well, you know, not mega budget or anything. Uh, we've got a reasonably likable lead, um, this Albright character, you know, s- starts off thinking he's um, got the short end of the stick with bloody embassy duty. Um, but then, you know, he tries to make a name for himself and gets, um, you know, knocked back down mainly by his gun- gunnery sergeant, played by Scott Atkins, in um, an interesting role for him, has to be said. Uh, quite different. Uh, keeps his feet on the ground for a start. Well, um, this, well, just, so what I was wondering, was this made around the same time that he did that one with Dolph Lundgren, the like, monster film? Possibly. Didn't, didn't he do that because he had quite a bad injury and he couldn't really do any of the martial arts so he did a couple oh, right. without the martial arts if hmm. I remember rightly. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, around the same time as possibly. That. Yeah, possibly that. And um also even that home invasion one as well. Where is the mm. guy? Um yeah. But this is directed by uh William Kaufman, who is one of my favorite um DTV action directors. He, he did a great film called um uh, Sinners and Saints, um, as well as a few others like uh, One in the Chamber with um well with, with Dolph Lundgren, funny enough. And and Daylight Send, of course, which I know you guys didn't enjoy, but I did. Um so yeah, I I think he handles the action very well here. It's you know it's a straight up fight sort of scenario. Um, you know, the baddies are nameless and not exactly faceless, but you know, definitely the bad guys. Um and, and I like the fact that you know it the, the action sort of moves beyond the, the embassy. It sort of goes out into the into the streets and that towards the end. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, thoroughly like this one. How about yourself? Yeah, I enjoyed it, to be fair. It, it was a lot more, well, a lot better than I thought it was going to be, to be fair. Mm. I mean, I'll be honest, I've not seen the first two, so I don't know if it attaches to them at all. It's just like a standalone. I, I presume it is. Mm. Um, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the first one was the Jake Gyllenhaal film. Yeah. Um, and that had like a cinema release and everything, you know. Yeah, Sam, Man- um, Sam Mendes, wasn't it? Sam Mendes, um, yeah, directing. And and then, um, as usual, sort of Universal 1440 jump on yeah. board and, and you know, they, <laughs> they developed the DTV sequels, basically. I haven't seen Jarhead 2. Um but I am really interested to see because I've, I've just taken a look at IMDb and the sequel is directed by Don Michael Paul. Um, and Don Michael Paul is one of the unsung heroes of DTV, basically. Yeah. Um, he, he's done some of the sniper films. He's done some of the death race uh, prequels and sequels. Um, yeah, he, he he is a really good uh dtv guy as well um you know so so he's you know if you see his name in in the credits you you know safe pair of hands for absolute sure Um, yeah because i must admit i was very impressed with the actual action in it you know um, is it yeah one of my favorite little bits in this is there's there's a female character who's you know when you first meet her you think she's like the um she's an aide to, to the ambassador yeah. As the film develops, you know they don't actually say anything to begin with, but she starts acting a bit different when 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 stuff goes down, and you know, and and there's a bit where they're sort of running from one building to the next, and she's like, she's got her hand on the guy's shoulder as you know, so, so he knows she's there, sort of thing. Yeah, it doesn't actually nobody says anything, is but she knows how to do it. And you think ah, she's more than you know than she's yeah, letting yeah. on, sort of thing, yeah. which which I really liked. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just, on... yeah. It's just a really thing. sort of solid little film, and, and you know, it follows. You know, when the um, the attack happens, they 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 have you know, it follows the procedures they have to do, like like wiping all the hard drives and shredding everything, and you know, yeah. get, getting rid of everything they can. It, it it feels like they put a bit of work into it. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's not yeah. I really like. You know, they don't forget about the civilian characters. You know, um, which was interesting as well. Uh, it was yeah. It was just a really good solid film. Uh, Scott Atkins is in. You know he he's the sort of supporting character in this, but um, you know he he's an absolute badass as well, which is really cool. Well, the thing is, he doing an American is, accent in this one? He is, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Might be. The thing that got Probably. me as well is it is it Mohammed? You know the guy who comes into the compound. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I know him. I know him. <laughs> he was in Coronation Street up until a couple of months back. <laughs> oh, you do man. find that with a lot of these DTV sequels. Yeah. And stuff, that you get loads of people from EastEnders and Coronation Street turning yeah. up. Like, Jesus what was, yeah. I mean, one, one of the things I did like, and it is sort of show the sort of budget we're playing with here, is, it, you know, I, I've seen other films. Do you remember, I mean, like, Keep going on about bloody Seagal's sniper special ops film, which I absolutely hate. But one man, one, one mission, one chair. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, that film had such a low budget, 
that they, they probably had about three guys playing the terrorists. Um, but they were sort of so wrapped, you know, the face scarves were on and everything, so you couldn't see who was who. And they just kept on reusing the same guys over and over. But at least this, you could actually see people's faces, and it's like, okay, you know, I can see what's going on, which is, um, yeah. you know, a lot better. Well, that, that bit made me laugh at the end, though, where it's hmm. set in the Freedom Burger Bar. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's solid. We also get a little bit of Dennis Haysbert. Um, from 24 and uh, um, was it the unit that he was the in? unit that was it yeah that yeah. was his main one wasn't it yeah he played the president in the first um, 24 series yeah that's yeah. why I mainly know him from yeah he's yeah. good yeah it's good and, and it is you know as I said it's directed by William Kaufman um, very solid director really enjoyed it so as a side yeah. note you mentioned Don Michael Paul doing the second one he also did mm. the fourth one so you could um you could do a double bill there, but I think uh, going back to what you were saying earlier about how are they related? Now I think in the I think look, what you were saying earlier is they're all like standalone stories. Um, mm-hmm. They're just they're just using the 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 brand recognition of of yeah. of the uh, the Jarhead name, which sort of yeah. to take this the, the this film that was never intended as like a, a franchise. Oh, it never was. Yeah, and yeah. then. Uh, and then they've kind of made it into this action franchise, which is really unusual. <laughs> really from what, I, from what I remember, the first one, Jake Gyllenhaal's, you know, they're playing these, sort of, basically it was set in Iraq, and they were just like bored soldiers sort of thing, you know, not actually sort of doing anything. No. Yes. Well, imagine, imagine they could have done the same. Imagine, they, you know, Buffalo Soldiers. Did you see that mm. one with Joaquin yeah, Phoenix? Yeah, with, yeah, you know, they're like heroin addicts or something. Yeah. And then imagine they take that movie and they go, actually... We we own the name, so we're going to do Buffalo yeah. Soldiers too. Uh, it's not going to be related, but we're going to <laughs> we're just going to amp up the action. <laughs> now I'm I am really interested to see the second one now because I'm just looking through the cast. So, so uh, Cole Hauser is the um, the lead in it, but on top of him we've got Stephen Lang, and um, oh, who's the other person in this? Bokeem Woodbine. Yeah, Bokeem Woodbine is you know is one of my favourite guys for this sort of stuff. Number so, four has Evan Sauer and Ben Cross. All right. Um, not not quite as as solid, but um, no. still. Oh, and Robert Patrick. So, uh, yeah, still a reasonably decent, interesting Indeed. cast. I don't really like military action movies and stuff like so. Like, see, mm. thirteen hours and stuff. I don't really go for those. Well, I probably should give them a more of a go. So, I am intrigued hours. though to check these out. These yeah. um, these Jarhead sequels. No, I, I've never seen the original. Not really interested, but I am no, curious. To yeah. see what sort of how they because the people involved I do like all the I mean Chad Law mm. wrote this one uh, and uh, say Don Michael Paul I find quite interesting with the stuff that he's done over his career so mm. uh, you know it's throw in Roll Rain thing. doing the next one and well, you've, exactly. you've basically yeah, got right, a, you got a, you yeah. got a, um, you know three of a kind or whatever BTV, it is <laughs> got a BTV bingo card filled in yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. Okay. We don't score the um, the throwbacks, but we do recommend you check these out. Uh, this is on Netflix as well. Just on, everything we're doing today is on Netflix. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. And that is the end of this week's show. So thanks, guys, for joining me talking about these films. I wish I'd seen more of them. Yeah, I wish. I'd, yeah. <laughs> but, well, I'd certainly recommend of the of the three Netflix ones. Certainly recommend. Furies, um, yeah. very good. Just fast forward through the first five minutes <laughs> or have a stiff drink ready. Um, yeah, so don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest. Uh, also, the short shots uh, where we will put a new link to a short every evening around about eight o'clock. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.